1: All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome into a brand new week. Alabama football down the stretch run of the season as the final third of the season will begin this Saturday. Eight games down, four games to go in the regular season, and then hopefully an SEC championship game appearance. And then, if that goes well, hopefully a college football playoff appearance. But the work to be done beginning this Saturday night at home against... um, LSU in, in a game that uh, will go a long way toward deciding the SEC West. Won't necessarily decide it, although if Alabama wins, eh, pretty much uh, put a wrap on it. If LSU wins, it's wide open, as there would be three teams Alabama, LSU, and Ole Miss, all with one loss in the SEC West. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Game day has already announced. They're coming back. They went several years without coming here. Now they're coming twice in one season. I'm interested to know what you think about that. Uh, them coming back again after being here for the Texas game. I know it's got nothing to do with it, but Alabama's record is phenomenal under Nick Saban. But on game day, um, and, and I, I get it. A lot of times when game day is here, it's because they're, they're big, huge games against really good teams. But Alabama's not had, when you compare it to their overall success rate under Nick Saban, the game day, um, whether it's here or away, um, more so away, but but um, but here too. I mean, some of their some of their losses, it seems like, have coincided with the ESPN game day being in town. So I'm curious what you all think of that. Uh, them coming back after being here for the Texas game, and um, if you're superstitious at all about them being here again after the one time they came already was a loss, and now they're back. Uh, again for the LSU game. I'm a little bit surprised, not in the sense that this is a huge game, but since they were already here once this year, um, to come back to a same venue for a second time just seems a little bit uh, a little bit unusual. I'm sure they've done it before. Maybe they've even done it here, I don't know, or done it with Alabama. I think they might have done an Alabama home game and away game in the same season, but I think this is the first time, I think, that they've been in Tuscaloosa twice in the same season with ESPN College Game Day, but they're going to be here. So you've got a 6:45 kick on CBS. So it's one of those games. Uh, the hoopla, the hype, the excitement is going to be uh, is going to be everywhere, and uh, it's going to be a huge game. There's no other way around it. Is Alabama ready? Well, we're going to find out. I don't know that. Uh, we know for sure. Uh, we've, I think, we've all been impressed with how Nick Saban has brought this team along. After the Texas and South Florida games, I don't think there were a ton of people who felt like um, Alabama would run the table in the next five games to get to the bye at seven and one and five and zero in the SEC. But they did, and now uh, have a chance to have a special season. But it is going to be. It is going to take some work. That is for sure. All right, I'm Gary Harris. Welcome into the program. With you, next couple of hours talking sports and more. Justin Jones right there on the other side of the glass, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the First Domain condos hotline at 205-342-9904. Of course, uh, Noah Haynes is hanging out with us as well. He's been in since uh, early this morning. And of course, Wyatt was here with Wimp and Barry, So we got a good team uh, in the mornings around here at Tide 100.9 FM. So we're ready to go. We'll uh, jump right into the show here in just a moment. First, though, I need to tell you, as always, this hour of the Gary Harris Show being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. It's just a better way of banking. Find out more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com. Alabama Credit Union, it's a lot better opportunity than you're going to find at most financial institutions. Becoming a member has its advantages. So, find out more. Get by and see them when there are many locations around the state of Alabama. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money and put a little extra change in your pocket. All right. Obviously, this week is Alabama LSU. So, the week is going to be heavy with uh, content and talk about this upcoming game. We're going to break it down from every angle over the next uh, five days as we get ready for Saturday. And it is going to be, as I said, uh, crazy here in town. Uh, Game day's back. A lot of people will be coming in for the game. It'll be a hot ticket. There'll be people that are in town just to be here, even if they don't have tickets. And uh, everybody that's an Alabama fan understands what's at stake, LSU too. I mean, for LSU, there's no margin for error. If they lose this game, um, they're done. So that's just the way it is. They'll have three losses, two in the league. So for them, it's an opportunity uh, not only to uh, beat Alabama, but an opportunity to kind of change the trajectory of their season if they win i don't know still i don't think a two loss team is going to make it into the playoff not the way it's set up this year uh you know there'll be some questions of whether or not a one loss and one loss teams will get in so but for lsu if you beat alabama and then you make it to atlanta and have a chance to play for the sec championship you have a chance to win an sec title for for one thing and then who knows how this may play out if you get to uh you get to 11 and two and you beat uh uh Alabama and possibly Georgia uh, in the same season then you know you might be able to make a claim and as I said Ole Miss is still hanging around out there with their one loss to Alabama and they have a win over LSU so it could be it could be chaotic in the SEC West if LSU wins that game on Saturday night uh over the weekend of course college football without Alabama so it was kind of a chance to catch your breath uh Georgia destroyed Florida. um, And that's the kind of program Georgia has right now in Kirby Kirby It's A lot like Alabama, you know, has been built with Nick Saban. um, Hard to beat. And then at times when people start maybe questioning whether or not Georgia can, uh, you know, is going to play their best, that's when they answer the bell and and they destroyed Florida. On Saturday, uh, Oklahoma got beat by Kansas. First time in in a long, long time and and, uh, knocks them out of the unbeaten ranks. Puts Texas right back uh, in prime shape to make a run at the college football playoff. Oklahoma, too. They've beat, they've beaten Texas, but uh, both those teams now have a loss. And um, Oregon with a big win at Utah. And uh, Washington's not playing great, but they're unbeaten. So uh, we get ready for the first college football playoff rankings to come out tomorrow night. And it is going to be interesting, to say the least. Alabama basketball had that uh, exhibition game up at Wake Forest. Great first half. Um Justin, I'm not looking at the box score, but I know they were up. They had over 50 points in the first half, and, and uh, we're playing great. And that's why they played two halves. We saw it in the Tennessee-Alabama uh, football game. Uh, Alabama in the second half did not, uh, did not play well at all. I mean, you, you come out in the first half and um, dominate the game and it looks like you are going to have a chance maybe to to hang 100 on on Wake Forest uh, but in the second half Alabama scored 28 points and uh, got outscored big time as they lose that game 88-80 so they show that they've got um, they've got some some pieces and a lot of different lineups plus Mark Sears didn't play but uh, big lead in the first half um and Alabama did not make it hold up in the second half. I don't know how big their biggest lead in the first half was, but it was huge. Sometimes these stories to people right now, uh, when they cover these games, all the basic stuff that you would like to see very early in the story, uh, you know, like final scores and first-half scores, sometimes they don't even – you can't even get to see those things, <laughs> you know. But I think Alabama was up 20-plus in the first half. I know they led by 13 at the half, and – um wind up losing 88 to 80. But um, Aaron Estrada, the transfer, he had a big game uh, with uh, 24 points on 10 of 20 shooting, six rebounds, three assists. The left-handed freshman, Sam Walters, 13 points in 15 minutes. Nick Pringle, 13 points, nine rebounds. Grant Nelson, 11 points. Did not play his... I think he'll play better than this as they get into the season. Yeah, here it was. Alabama was up 52 to 33. Um late in the first half. But uh, Wake Forest went on a little run to cut it down to 13 at the half and then began that second half on a run and, and wound up taking the lead fairly early in the second half. But uh, good experience for Alabama basketball, good opportunity to uh, get a game in and see where you're at against uh, outside competition. So it was a busy weekend in the NFL, all kinds of Bama in the NFL stuff. Tua and Waddle, a big game for the Dolphins against the Patriots. Hurts and Smith, a big game for the Eagles against the Commanders. Also, Julio Jones caught a touchdown from Jalen Hurts. How about that? Uh, Calvin Ridley had a big game. I mean, it's just everywhere you look, uh, Bama in the NFL. So we're off and running here on the show. Uh, 205-342-9904 is the number to the First Domain Condos hotline if you'd like to give us a ring. And I am curious what you, what you think about the uh, game day coming back and whether you're not you think that's a good thing, or if you'd rather just seen him go somewhere else. And Tom's going to weigh in on that topic right now. Good morning, Tom.
2: Hey, Gary. How are you this morning?
1: Well, I picked the NASCAR race, right? I picked Ryan Blaney, and he came through for me. How about that? That's
2: my guy right there. The 12 car, I love that guy.
1: Yeah, he was great yesterday. Really good.
2: But but I like him because he's so good on the Super Speedway.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he went on the short track yesterday, and now yeah. he might and, be uh, you know, he might I be the favorite like it, going into the final race at Phoenix, as uh, he's one of the final yeah. four and he's got momentum.
2: I like that, and uh, but you know, he said he's been wanting to get that grandfather clock for a long time. I thought that was cool uh, that he said I live not just down the road from here, and I've been wanting this grandfather clock. You know, that's what they give for driving. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, and and I thought it was cool that he said that he desired to have that, <laughs> and uh, and I was glad for him because I I like that kid. I I loved his daddy uh, when Dave, he was racing. Yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah and, and he was always a, a guy that I used to visit with a lot at talent Talladega, and I always enjoyed his time. Always had time for me, and uh and we'd shoot the breeze about racing. He he'd tell you things. It, it was interesting. But anyway, I I called about game day. I despise game day. It's old. Uh, Their stick is is out. And uh, uh, they tolerate, uh, you know, I hate to talk about uh, the elderly, but Lee Corso needs to go. And uh, the addition that they were hoping that McAfee would make, uh, to make up the slack for for what they were lacking, is not doing it. Uh, And I don't think, because I hadn't watched it, but... uh, uh, from what I read it's not but uh, it's time to change uh, they, they, these networks they get on something they just stay and stay and stay and it drives you up the wall they just make you end up not just hating the show but you hate them for putting the show on and uh, and so yeah I, I think it's time for change in my opinion
1: well um, I don't believe it or not Tom, I don't watch it probably as much as, as I regular fans do. I'll, I'll glance at it and, you know, I'll probably record it this weekend with Alabama uh, with them being here in Tuscaloosa again. But I, will, I recorded it for the Texas game and then didn't even go back and watch that much of it. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you. I think it's a it's a happening. They have made it an event. Uh, they deserve credit for that. Uh, but for but
3: that's over.
1: Yeah, it, it's uh and I think too like I said I I'm, I'm curious about Alabama fans because you know I they don't have based on comparing it to the overall record. Alabama's record when game day as at one of their games is not as good as it is outside of game day and they've already been here um you know, and, and listen, let's get some originality with the guest picker. I was happy to that's see Namath I from said. the standpoint that he's Joe Namath, but he's been up there yeah. before. Half the time right. when they've come here, it seems like they get a, a picker that's got no association well, see, that, that, with Alabama at all. My
2: point. That's my point about them. There's no, you know, they've lost their originality. And uh, and, and when you lose that, it gets boring. But here, here I want to make this point, if you don't mind. I always love the local program, uh, the the radio station here, the pregame uh, shows that they put on here. I enjoy that. It, it's good. I love radio over TV because you can do other stuff while you're listening to the pregame stuff. Uh, as far as TV concerned, I love that show you used to do every week. I don't know why. Uh, we're not getting that anymore, and uh, and it was a lot better. Uh, and you know what? For somebody like me, Jay Seawell was on there. The baseball coach, uh, uh, Brad Bohannon, you would have him on there. Gymnastics coach would be on there. And, and and we would be introduced to a whole array, track coach, uh, a whole array of staff from the athletic department to tell about what they had going on. Much more interesting to me than that crap that you get off of uh, the national diet.
1: Well, Tom, I appreciate your thoughts and comments, man. You know that.
2: Yeah, yeah, but uh, I, I love the local flavor better. I guess that was my whole. Part. Yeah, well, I, anyway, you know
1: me, I'm I'm hyper local, and when you know, like I said, when I did Crimson Tide kickoff, I loved having my well, own show. But, hey,
2: Gary, look, I, I'm a good judge of broadcast content. You know, I'm a consumer, yep. and I and I am older. And I've consumed a lot over the years. I think I'm a fair judge of what's good and what's not. And and I'm telling you, uh, the, that show that you did on Saturday morning was a great show. Well, thank you, Tom. I don't you, know Tom. why we're we not getting it anymore.
1: Well, it's just... Uh yeah, what I I, I did it for do we, talk,
2: do we need to call Lynn and talk to
1: her? <laughs> I did it for uh let's see, it started in two thousand ten and we did it through two thousand twenty one. So I think that was twelve seasons that I did it and uh, it was I loved good every one,
2: I enjoyed it. I loved I every really minute of it.
1: Thank it. you, Tom, so much. All right, buddy. All right, it's nine seventeen. We need to get to the break. JT, you hold on. We'll get to you when we come back on the other side. 205-342-9904 is the number if you want to give us a call. And uh, Rodney Orr from Tider Insider coming up at 9-30. Casey Smith on golf at ten thirty, 30 And Alabama men's golf, boy, what a great weekend they had winning another tournament. So we got a lot to cover this morning. Look forward to hearing from you. And um, this is Bama's... Uh, A big week. If the Tide can win on Saturday night against LSU, Bama is going to be uh, on its way, I think, pretty much to Atlanta. It'll be in a dominant position to do so. So there is uh, a lot to cover this week and this morning. We're looking forward to it. And uh, we will will get back to it, and we'll get back to phone calls right after this on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. At Patter- as much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend to reminisce on college days or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a Meat and 3 Vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are imperfect
4: Tuscaloosa weather. The coldest air so far this season blowing in here. Mostly cloudy and breezy. The chance of some scattered light rain. Temperatures falling into the 50s this afternoon. Tonight, cloudy with the low at 44. And tomorrow, gradual clearing the high 56. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on
0: WVUA 23 covering sports and on TIDER Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of The Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on TIDE 100.9.
1: 921 welcome back into the gary harris show right here on tie 100.9 fm and twelve thirty a m a.m wtbc gary harris justin jones with you uh, Noah haynes hanging out as well let's jump right back out on the first of main condos hotline at 205-342-9904 welcome in jt good morning jt
5: hey good morning thanks for having me you bet I was, just, I was just gonna say i'm excited to have game day here and you know the nation is not happy about this like the rest of the, the U.S., you don't have to go too far on social media to find people puzzled why game day is coming back here because Alabama is in no discussions whatsoever to be on a national championship run. And what better way to prove it than have game day here? And the last time game day was here was in 2015. They came twice. I'm sorry, they've been here before that, but they came twice in 2015. The first time was against Old Miss, which we lost. The second game was against LSU. Guess who? LSU. You go back and look it up. We roll tied it all over them. So
1: So they did come twice in 2015.
5: Okay. Yeah, and won the national championship in that January of 2016 against Clemson. They were here twice. And I look at the twice thing as this. You know, if you want to win a national championship, you got to play in front of way more than what game day brings. I mean, obviously, game day is at the national championship. Um, It's not in Tuscaloosa, but nonetheless, you got to get used to that excitement. This team, obviously, has only played against them once, as we know it, and they lost. If you think Saban hasn't been teaching them how to respond to the excitement that game day brings and to be able to have a second chance at it, I think not only does this game help us um, get more towards our goal of winning, a national championship getting into the playoff but if we get into the playoff it gives us a better chance of being able to react when we when we would be in that environment and the proof to me is go back to 2015 that's what i have
1: well there's no doubt if alabama wins saturday night that uh, they do jump into that that national championship conversation and uh, oh jt's gone he made his point so yeah jt i get that yep and that's why i wanted some feedback um uh, you know, I think that there is a lot of people that feel the way that you do. That when game day comes, it's a good thing, regardless. And I am not saying that it's a bad thing at all. That was not my my reason for bringing that up. I am just wondering how you all feel. And uh, Tom says he wishes they weren't coming, and JT says he's glad that they are. So I am sure that, uh, yeah, I, I will say this: I don't. I am not when I am saying that. Are you happy that game day is coming back? For a second time this season I don't really think it impacts the players that much Anyway, they're they're insulated They're, they're a routine on a game day Whether it's a night game, a morning game Or an afternoon game uh, They have a routine, it doesn't change Because game day's in town uh, The only thing that might change is During the week leading up to it um, You know, they're in town for feature stories uh, that, that they're putting together for That weekend show So there might be more media availability For the players here as far as Sitting down with ESPN personalities to do feature stories, and then certainly on on the day of the game, you know Nick Saban is is going to be available to come sit on the set with them, and and um, yeah, especially for a night game, he's going to have you know a lot of availability. So it's um, yeah, I get it. I mean, publicity wise, and it, it it speaks to the the power of the Alabama brand that you could be here once, and as JT pointed out, Justin come back in a situation where right now. Uh, I don't think anybody expects Alabama to be in the top four tomorrow in the college football playoff rankings, and they won't be. But they are a top-10 team. But if they win this game Saturday night, suddenly then they are they are in that conversation. So it, it is a huge game. And as I said, more than likely, uh, it's going to decide the SEC West.
6: I think JT brought up a really good point. I I think everybody wrote Alabama off at, after UCF, UCF, USF. Well, I've, yeah, yeah. So they're, they're confused as to why game day is here. Um, we're much closer than the nation, I think, thinks we are. But also, game day is fun. It's just a fun thing. I don't think it needs to be taken too serious. If you're in town, I'd recommend going. It's a great environment. I mean, it's just Alabama fans cheering for alabama and you get to see some great people like uh reese and desmond howard and and coach corso's there um pat mcafee although some people don't like him he's still entertaining so i don't know i think it's a good time well what
1: you're saying about uh uh, the rest of the nation i I think the rest of the nation is more nervous than anything else I, i think they wanted to write alabama off a lot of the media too And you're right. I think after the Texas game and then how poorly Alabama played at South Florida and not knowing what the quarterback situation was going to be, I think there was a collective sigh around the the Bama haters that, yeah, this is, well, all right, got them this year. Don't have to worry about Alabama this year. And then lo and behold, five straight SEC wins later and game day's back and Alabama's playing for uh, a spot possibly in the SEC championship game again. If Alabama wins this game, Uh, To me, um, you know, obviously they would have a one game lead over LSU and have the head to head and they would have a same record as Ole Miss, but have the head to head there, too. So the only way that they could not go to Atlanta would be if they lost to Kentucky and Auburn. And I don't see that happening. Could it? I guess so. I guess it could, but I don't see it. But if they win. They're in a strong, strong position to get back to Atlanta and play for the SEC Championship. All right, it's 9.28 here on the Gary Harris Show. We're going to take a timeout uh, because when we come back, Rodney Orr, Mr. Tider Insider himself, will drop in for his weekly visit and we'll start previewing Alabama and LSU and uh, what he thinks the Tide needs to do to have an opportunity to pick up the victory on a Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. And the weather's about to get cooler, finally, after a run of weather that, don't get me wrong, it's been nice, but... It's been more like summer than fall. And now this week, beginning tonight, it's going to chill down. And then uh, we know that in the middle of the week, they're looking at some low 30s. So possible frost for the first time. And also when you look at um, the weather on Saturday night, it's going to feel like football weather. So big, big week here in Tuscaloosa. And we'll discuss it with Rodney Ward next right here on the Gary Harris Show. If you
0: fall tight, the best sports talk. Period. Your home for Alabama, Alabama sports. sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. <laughs>
1: Show here on Time 100.9 FM and 12:30 AM wtbc and it's time for Rodney Orr from KiderInsider.com, Tider Insider TV, making his weekly visit. And uh, boy, we got a lot to talk about with LSU coming to town this Saturday night. Rodney, how are you?
7: I am doing well, Gary. How are you? doing great
1: uh, we've already broken uh, into the conversation this morning about the big game coming up and and Justin had a good point about the uh, the nation not being happy that uh, game day coming back I'm not sure that all Alabama fans in fact Trey just texted me on uh, Facebook and said I think game days a jinx so I think there's some some mixed vibes from Alabama people there uh, after they were here for Texas but Ronnie, let's 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 pick that up with the national conversation following the Texas and South Florida games I think was that Alabama was done Uh, was not going to be a factor, was going to lose to Ole Miss, was going to lose several games. Uh, and that hasn't happened. Uh, Alabama has rebounded quite nicely to win five SEC games in a row and is in the conversation, and uh, if, win, if a win comes Saturday night, Alabama's going to be right thick in the middle of the uh, national championship conversation, and I think that's, uh, that's disappointing for some out there. Just your, your take on the Tide rebounding and uh, still work to be done, but when a lot of people counted them out, Bama's still right there in the mix.
7: Yeah, I think it's a lot. Nick Saban, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, the the effort that they've put in. He's really coached this team and his coaching staff. They've done an incredible job. I mean, they could have lost the team. And I say lost, I'm not trying to exaggerate or, uh, you know, be overly dramatic. I, I just think that, you know, sometimes when you uh, have some of the things going on early in the year, there was a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty, you know, about the quarterback situation, you know, post-Texas, a lot of people were calling for a change, and there actually was in that next game due to whatever reason. But, uh, you know, Nick Saban did a fantastic job of holding everyone together, uh, not panicking, and I think the team eventually began to respond and grow, and I think they're continuing to improve each week. You know, it's the way I see it. Now, again, I understand they haven't played a full game yet, and uh, they've been a little bit inconsistent. They've been a uh, a one-half team, uh, uh, you know, so – all of those things, but again, like you said, they only have one loss, and they're still in the middle of it and i think i don't I don't think Alabama's being disrespected at all. I mean, there's a lot of people that still don't really believe in this Alabama team uh but that's okay because I think that they're continuing to improve, and they're in a position now that they can really turn some heads this uh this saturday night against lsu
1: yeah i think that uh, the game day discussion has a lot to do with the fact that i just think there's some people bothered by the fact that alabama right now even after the five wins in a row is not being really mentioned as a national championship contender and and uh, they've already been here. Game day has been once for the Texas game. And I think there are a lot of fans around the country say, you know, why in the world are you going back to Tuscaloosa? But this game on Saturday night, you know, try to find me a bigger game. Try to find me a game that's meant, meant more uh, the last 15 years in the regular season to what could happen in the postseason than this game, right?
7: it's a huge game. I mean, I, uh, I don't know what all is on the schedule. Uh, I, actually, I could care less where game day goes. doesn't really matter to me uh so whatever but uh, i mean this is a huge game i think uh, there will be a lot of eyes on this game and and i think it's like you said i mean the history the tradition of this game especially you know the last 15 years since nick saban's been here it's been one of the better games in the country and this is a great game i mean lsu's uh, got a highly highly acclaimed quarterback a great offense they average 47 points a game uh, they're going to be really explosive they are explosive they've got great players You know alabama's done a tremendous job defensively uh they're still in the mix regardless of what people think or say or whatever you know alabama's a team that they win this game then all of a sudden you know you get you got kentucky of course you got to go on the road there and then you've got another game with chattanooga i think it is and then all of a sudden you play auburn but if you get to the sec championship game and bama wins there then they're back right back where you know alabama normally is so uh yeah, I can see plenty of reasons why uh this is one of the elite games in this uh, on the schedule come Saturday night.
1: Ryan you're with us. So let's um, let's jump in on this L S U team because you know the first thing if you just look at the record and you see two losses and uh it's easy to say, Well they got two losses, but when you pay closer attention, um you understand Again, as you've already alluded to, this offense is is incredible, and they lost to Ole Miss, but in that game they scored forty nine points, you know, and they lost to Florida State, who's going to be my guess in the college football playoff rankings top four tomorrow night. And so, uh, with the offense, Rodney, it's it's not completely unlike that offense they brought in here twenty nineteen with uh, Joe Burrow and those guys. They've got a great quarterback. Guy that might win the Heisman this year and Jaden Daniels. They've got dynamic receivers. Got a good offensive line. Uh, they can also run the football, as you said, averaging close to fifty points a game. It all starts with trying to slow down their offense.
7: Yeah, definitely. And, and like I said, they can run the ball. I think you've got to stop the run first, um, you know. And, and then you have to keep uh, you have to keep Jaden Daniels in the pocket. Don't let him loose. I mean, he hurt Alabama on scrambles last year. Sure he hurt did. Alabama on a run last year. And, uh, you know, I think when I looked at some of the, the games this year, you know, I thought Milton hurt Alabama in later in the game uh, last week against uh, you know, Tennessee uh, with some scrambles. So I think, you know, keeping the quarterback pinned in is going to be really big, and he's so dangerous, too, if he gets to moving around and Delivers the ball down the field. He's got some receivers, neighbors, and and Brian Thomas Jr. really incredible players. And so, uh, yeah, this is going to be a handful for the Alabama defense for sure. Uh, you know, again, I, I, you, you're not going to stop them. This is this. You're not going to totally shut them down. I mean, or certainly you shouldn't expect that's the way it's going to be. If you're looking at it from a fan's perspective, I'm sure Alabama wants to believe that they're going to go in and do everything they can to shut them down. But uh, that's not really realistic in my opinion. Uh, so you're going to have to score some points. You're going to have to protect the football on offense. You can't throw interceptions in the end zone. You can't fumble the ball inside your 25-yard line. You just can't turn the ball over. You've got to protect it. And and I think you've got to make the most of every opportunity. And to me, what I'd like to see too, and this is just my me, my own Opinion, if Jalen Milrow has opportunities to pull it down and run, if if, if he senses you know there's pressure, uh, take off because I think those kind of plays that he can make with his feet, kind of the same thing Jaden Daniels can do. It really puts your defense on the heels. Uh, now again, I don't know if he'll do that, but he did it a couple of times against Tennessee, and I thought that was really there were a couple of big plays.
1: I mentioned, and we both have been talking about Daniels in the comparison to Burrow in, in, in 2019. Obviously, this team has two losses, and that team was unbeaten. But again, when you look at the numbers, these are the passing numbers for for, uh, Daniels this season in terms of his total yards per game. Uh, 346, 269, 361, 320, 414, 259, 325, and 279. So... um, I mean, I look around the country, and of course, and he's run the ball as well. He can pull it down, and, and as you said, uh, you know, hurt you with his feet. I, I mean, I, I think he, not always in the Heisman conversation, and to me, he might be the front runner. I mean, this is a dynamic quarterback that can do it with his arm and with his legs, and if you don't find a way to at least – um keep him in check Uh, this is a team that is capable of coming in here and scoring 40 plus even at Alabama I think right
7: no doubt I mean no doubt and uh, you're right I mean he is he's a very dynamic player and he could set himself up for the Heisman with a big game um you know in this one so um there's there's no question about that and you know Alabama defensively is going to have a real real task on their hands and I, I think again offensively uh the things that I ran down I think are you know, are going to be really important, you know, in this game. And, um, so, um, you know, it's just a, it's one of those games, Gary, I think it's a defining moment for the rest of the season, obviously. Alabama wins this game. Uh, then I think that it's, it's not out of the question that, you know, they run the table and, and I'm talking about even in the SEC championship game, depending on, you know, how things play out. But, um, it's going to, be, going to be a very, very interesting game.
1: Back to Alabama's offense, because it's a work in progress, and it still is, uh, but we've seen some improvement, and as, as you said, looking for four quarters, but I think there's been an emphasis on taking care of the ball, um, you know, being, you know, just not turning it over, not making dumb mistakes, but not necessarily been an emphasis on, hey, we got to go out and score a lot of points. As you've already alluded to, uh, regardless of the kind of defense you play on Saturday night, it, it's I don't think it's realistic to think you're going to hold, you know, LSU into the teens. I mean, you've as you said, you're going to have to approach this game as, uh, we don't want to totally lose our personality, but you got to be willing to understand that in this game uh you don't want to get down a couple of scores you've you've got to be able to score some points and you've got to be able to you know if not have the lead at least stay within striking distance how do you think that changes the mentality of the game plan or will it for alabama offensively against lsu
7: no i think uh you know i think you have to play to your strengths obviously and i think you have to try to build on those things but i look i think alabama can score points uh Mm -hmm. I think that they can run the football. I think they're capable of hitting a lot of big plays. I just think it's been the inconsistencies, uh whether it's pass protection, whether it's you know not finding the receivers when they're open or not hitting them uh, or whatever it might be. I just think it's just the inc- inconsistencies, but I do think Alabama potentially can score some points, and I would suspect they probably going to need at least thirty one in this game at the very least, uh you know maybe more. Uh, you know, just depending, but cause I don't, I don't really see how you hold LSU under 31. Maybe they do. Uh, but so, uh, but no, potentially I think Alabama can attack the LSU secondary. They've been a little weak back there. Uh, I know they're talking about they've improved, but I really don't know that they have and or how much they have, because, I mean, who has really challenged him? Army wasn't going to challenge him And, I, you know, all due respect, Auburn's passing game isn't, like, very good either uh, or hasn't been or wasn't then. Uh, I know the guy had a better game this last week. But... Uh, So I don't know that they've been challenged the LSU secondary since, but I saw, you know, Arkansas had a lot of success. Other teams have had success throwing on them. And I think there's going to be opportunities to make those throws. So I think Alabama can score points. And I think that they've kind of got to go into the game with the mindset of we're going to have to score points. Uh, I don't think that they can say, okay, we're just going to possess the football the whole game and, all this and play great defense I, I i don't think you can do that against mm-hmm. this this kind of team
1: yeah you 're right the l s u defense now granted he gave up ten against Gramlin fourteen against Mississippi State. 18 against Auburn and none against army, but he gave up 45 to, to Florida state, uh, gave up 31 to Arkansas, 55 to Ole miss 39 to Missouri. So yeah, they have been, they have been lit up at times. So there's going to be some opportunities for Alabama, uh, in this game with its offense against that LSU defense. And obviously special teams will be huge. Uh, Alabama has got as good a place kicker as there is in the country and Riker. They've got a great punter and Burnup. their coverage teams have been good. Uh, you know, Saban said last week that McKinstry's their guy at at the at the punt return game, and that's got some people scratch scratching their head because of um, you know last couple times out have been you know have not been great by Kool Aid back there, particularly in the Tennessee game. Just it looked like almost that he was scared to catch the football, and I know you don't want to you don't want to make a mistake. I mean, you don't want to come up and and you know let the ball hit you and, and cause a fumble, but at some point. Um, you know, you got to start catching some of those punts, even if they're fair catches, right?
7: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, and again, I thought Saban made a great point, and it was true. They have kicked away from him a lot. I think he had two in the last game that were catchable. One of them he did. And then another one, um, you know, that, that one that would just seemed to be an easy, routine building of the ball, and he let it hit. Rolled down, what, to the one? Uh. That was That was kind of a questionable deal, but... Again, they uh, look, he's been good in the past. I don't know exactly all the things that are going on right now with that, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I do expect him back there based on what Nick Saban said. Like you said, he expressed a lot of confidence in him. And, you know, you had heard, I had heard, uh, other people had said that they were going to use twin safeties back there uh, because they were kicking the ball away from, you know, Kool-Aid. Uh, and we saw downs uh, a time or two against Tennessee one time, the first punt. He drifted back, then came back to the line of scrimmage. But another time, he did go back deep. So we'll see. We'll see if they maybe, uh, uh, you know, have twin safeties in this one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we will. It's something to uh, to think about. Here's the thing that's so interesting to me about this game, Rod, is that, you know, I think you and I both admire the coaching job that Saban's done to get the tie to this point. Um, you know, Milrose made a ton of improvement. And uh, the defense is playing really, really well. Uh, and LSU is, uh, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from them. They're a good team. And I think that's one reason for the uncertainty. But I'm not sure, even though it's a big game and Alabama fans are excited, I, I don't sense that there's a great confidence level with Alabama fans, which is unusual. Because usually when somebody rolls in here to Brian Denny, Alabama fans think they'll, you know, they can beat the, uh, beat the, uh, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh what's your vibe on the board at TiderInsider dot com as to the confidence level of Bama fans heading into this one?
7: Well, you know, from what I've observed, uh, there there's obviously some concern about LSU, but I think most of them, and again, maybe it's just they're Alabama fans and but most of them seem to be confident Alabama's going to win. Some people are even saying by double digits, uh you know and uh, that's a very few people but but you still see that um, but no I mean I, I think most people that look at it realistically understand this is going to be the uh, huge huge challenge I mean this is the best quarterback Alabama's face he's better than Quinn Ewers in my opinion I mean and, and I think he's a lot better uh, because he's so dynamic with his feet and he can do a, a bunch of different things on the run and He's just really a good player, and, and they've got great receivers. I know Texas had great receivers, but I think these two neighbors and uh, Brian Thomas and some others that they have are are, are just right up there on the level of, of what Texas had. So uh, this is going to be, to me, the biggest challenge uh, in terms of the defense against that offense. And um, you know, look, I'm not sure. I know a lot of people say, "Well, Texas is the best." I'm not sure LSU is not the best team that Alabama's played, at least when they're playing them. Uh, but so it's it's we'll see we'll see how a lot about what the progress that Alabama's made I think they have I think they've made a tremendous amount of progress since that Texas USF game on both sides of the ball uh, I think that this is a real uh, challenge for Milrow because uh, you know again I I think he has made some improvement he's he's come a long way uh, and you know everybody's talking about Jaden Daniels nobody's really talking about Milrow right Milrow could have a bust out game I mean he's 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 fully capable of that. It's just, you know, the matter of consistency.
1: Staying with the, the Alabama offense, uh, there was a lot of discussion about this wide receiving core going into the season and, and the number of drops that we had heard that they had had in practices and scrimmages. Uh, I think overall, the wide receiving group has done pretty well. Would you agree?
7: I think they have. I I really do. I think a lot of them have made progress. Uh, You know, we'd heard all summer, Jermaine Burton had had such a big summer and they were really pleased with him. And then, you know, the season started out and he didn't do a whole lot, but the last several weeks he's been, and I don't keep up with all the stats for the most part right now, but he's, he's, he's made some big plays. He's made some huge plays. He's made some great catches. Um, you know, I think that, uh, he, he, Came up big in some of these Texas A&M. He came up big in Tennessee uh, with some plays. So uh, Jermaine's really coming on. He could be a really good player. I think the, the emergence of Isaiah Bond, an incredible deep deep threat. Um, so he's, he's been really good. And, and, you know, obviously you have other guys that have, that have been in the mix. And it was nice to see Kendrick Law get involved, in, you know, in different ways. Uh, against, uh, Tennessee. So hopefully we continue to see him. Kobe Prentice has had some moments, you know, and, uh, I, Mari Nyblack, I mean, obviously, as is he is an H-back type tight end and, and Dupree, I think all of those guys, man, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see in this LSU game how involved they are. And Jace McClellan, looking at the running game, uh, Jace really had that. He, he, he took it on. He carried 27 times, uh, against, uh, you know, Tennessee had a, had a good game, had some really tough runs. So, uh, that was also good to see.
1: Ronnie are with us for a couple more minutes here on the Gary Harris show. Obviously you and I will make our score predictions tomorrow night on tighter insider TV at six 30 on W V U 23. So I'm not going to ask you to give a score prediction right now, but what, what are what is the key or a couple of keys for Alabama in your opinion to have success and, and win this game on Saturday night?
7: Well, I I mean, we've probably said several of them already, but, you know, to me, I mean, I just think that, uh, you know, they have to play uh, offensively to win the game. I mean, I I don't think, again, I I don't think you do anything crazy, uh, you know, coming out there, throwing it 50 times, but I do think you have to be aggressive. You have to pick your, you know, pick your spots and and, and, and be aggressive when you do it. I mean, I really do. I I don't think you're going to just line up and, you know, uh, out physical, you gotta score, uh, you gotta score points. So I do think that Alabama's gonna have to be aggressive. And I, and I do think Milro, to me, I, I just think this is where his legs could come in important because he's gonna have to convert some plays. And, uh, the Tennessee game, he had a nice 17 yard run on a, I think it was either second or third and long, I can't remember. But I mean, it was that kind of play. That, that, you know, can really, really hurt a defense. And I think that's what they've got to do. They, To me, just be a little aggressive offensively. Uh, and then defensively, I mean, what can you say? I mean, you, you have to really stop the run. But you've you got to keep uh, that quarterback um, in the pocket. You can't let him get out. And then you got to pressure him, you know. and uh, I, 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 Like I said, I just don't see, Gary, where you're going to totally stop an offense right. like this. But but you do have to limit them. If you can limit them, if you can force them to some field goals instead of touchdowns, for example, in the red zone, whatever it is, I mean, all of those things I think will contribute to Alabama having a great opportunity to win the game.
1: Tennessee beat Alabama last year. Knoxville, LSU beat Alabama in Baton Rouge. Tide got payback uh, against the Vols. and Is that a factor at all in this game, or is is revenge and payback and all that stuff overrated? How do you see that uh, playing out?
7: No, I mean, I think it, 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 I don't think it's like once the game gets going, but I do think it's a motivating factor. I do. I mean, uh, there's a reason why I guess someone was saying that, you know, they played a reel of that kick last year when Tennessee beat Alabama in Knoxville in the celebration inside the football complex all week that week.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, I
7: mean, I, I think they wanted to remind the players and remind everyone what happened, what was the feeling. And I think it's the same thing in this this game against LSU. Uh, you know, that was a really disappointing second half from the defensive standpoint. I mean, in that two-point conversion that LSU got, and there seemed to be some confusion or whatever, you know. Uh, down there I I think there's a lot of things you know I think that Nick Saban would like to see uh, you know the coaching staff do a better job in this game than maybe what they did in that game Uh, they probably didn't feel good about the way everything went down in that game so yeah I think there's a lot of motivation because of what happened last year but I mean I don't think you know you sit around and that's what it's all about but I do think it certainly could be a factor,
1: and lastly, just um in our final minute, you've got uh, any any news on recruiting. I know this will be a big weekend coming up, anything um that you can pass along there
7: No, it's gonna be interesting because Alabama's getting more involved with different players is is what we would expect, you know, and there's some guys that are gonna probably come in, and you know uh, the 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 kid out of uh, uh Tupelo that's committed to texas a and m the linebacker Tristan Jernigan, who everyone was saying was coming. The, the last game against Tennessee, and he did not come. Uh, but he, he's supposedly going to be in this week against LSU, so we'll see. He's a guy that I know Freddie Roach was over there a few weeks ago watching him play. And then Jay Sean Ross is a, a kind of an edge guy, defensive end, outside backer, about 6'4", 230, something like that, out of Kansas City. I think he's going to come in. And it looks like Daniel Hill's coming back in from Meridian. Uh, you know, and Gary, I know you've got a ton of sources over there at Meridian. No one else can get the scoop. Maybe you can on what he's going to do because, uh, you know, Alabama's been in there real strong. South Carolina's been in there, Tennessee. And I do think his dad, Demetrius Hill, really would love for him to, you know, to come to Alabama. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. I think Solomon Williams may come in, too, out of uh, tampa Carrollwood Day High School, Uh, down there, who Alabama's been recruiting really heavily. And I think it's Alabama and Oregon are probably the top two with Texas Texas A&M in there as well. Uh, Or Texas, too, for that matter. Really, Texas more than Texas A&M. But Dylan Evans, Gary, that's a name to watch to see if he actually shows up. He's a four-star. Some people might even have him a five-star defensive lineman from Longview, Texas. Now, remember, who else is from Longview? Jalen Hale. Jalen Hale, yes. So uh, that that would be interesting because he, he, he might come in. I know he's supposed to make an official visit in December to Alabama. Alabama's recruited him extremely hard, even though he's been committed to Texas A&M. So that might be one to watch. So, uh, And uh, and another one that we've talked about a little bit, Elias Williams, a defensive lineman from down in Hudson, Florida. has guy's committed to Missouri. Uh, I think he's one to really, really keep an eye on. Could he flip? Uh, keep an eye on him. I- I'm not saying he is, uh, but... Keep an eye on Elias Williams, and I know William Eccles from over in Mississippi is a guy Alabama's looking at. He's been committed to Ole Miss. I know Ole Miss likes him a lot, would like to keep him. Uh, you know, I don't know that Alabama's ready to pull the trigger or not, but he's another defensive lineman that is expected to come in uh, for this game.
1: Great update as always, Rod. Folks, tighterinsider dot com uh, still just forty eight dollars a year, and uh, tighter at tighterinsider on Twitter is our X, whatever it is. You can follow Rodney, of course, Tuesday nights with me on Tighter Insider TV at six thirty on WVA twenty three. Thanks a lot, Rod.
7: All right, Gary, appreciate it, buddy. Take All care. Right,
1: Nine fifty five. We'll come back and wrap up the first hour right after this. Hey, football fans. Want a real game day experience? Los Tarasco's has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And of course, you can find Los Tarasco's in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarasco's features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarasco's with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. You're listening to the Gary
0: Harris Show Goal line in touchdown Alabama. on your home for Alabama sports Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
6: That's going to do it for hour one of the Gary Harris Show. Stay tuned. We're going to get to hour two. We're going to talk some golf with Casey Smith. And as always, thank you to Alabama Credit Union for sponsoring this first hour. Stay here on Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports.
8: Here's Nick Cope. News in the NFL this morning. Reports say Giants quarterback Daniel Jones has been cleared for contact. He was actually cleared prior to yesterday's game. Jones is on track to return next weekend against the Raiders. ESPN reports the Titans are expected to stick with Will Levis at quarterback for Thursday night football against the Steelers. Reports say Falcons Pro Bowl defensive tackle Grady Jarrett suffered a torn ACL in yesterday's loss to the Titans. He is out for the season. Packers and linebacker Rashawn Gary have agreed to a four-year extension worth just over $107 million. Cooper Flagg, the top high school basketball prospect and the projected number one pick in the 2025 NBA draft, announced his commitment to play at Duke next year. And FIFA announced former Spanish Soccer Federation President Luis Rubiales has been banned for three years because of his conduct at the Women's World Cup medal ceremony earlier this year. Always live.
0: Always local. Dependable news coverage. The latest news
3: only from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom.
2: A freeze watch is in effect for late tomorrow night through Wednesday morning for West Alabama, north and west of the Marengo and Perry County line. Sub freezing temperatures as low as 30 degrees will be possible. The number of wildfires continues to increase across Alabama due to severe drought. 75 are burning statewide, 11 here in West Alabama at this very hour. And forgiveness for parking tickets in the city of Tuscaloosa begins a week from today. Toys worth $10 will cover one ticket, toys $18 will pay for two tickets.
0: For the latest local news in Tuscaloosa Bama sports updates (laughs) and severe weather information download the free Tuscaloosa threat app never pay for your news and sign up for our daily newsletter with news updates the Gary Harris Show, UCM host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here
1: we go, hour number two of the Gary Harris Show. We're here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. I'm Gary Harris. got Justin Jones. Manning the controls again this hour. Noah Haynes hanging out with us as well. This hour of the program brought to you by Patterson Comer, Attorneys at Law. Patterson is dedicated to serving our clients. Integrity and excellence are driving uh, us behind everything that we do in terms of our firm and our staff, clients, and prospective clients are treated with respect and care. At Patterson Comer, we invite you to contact us with any questions concerning legal issues or that are a result of uh personal injury, automobile accident, could be wrongful death, product liability, an 18-wheeler accident, whatever it may be in regards to personal injury, uh, we will be here for you because our business is to take care of your needs. You can call Paul Patterson in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000 or reach Mike Comer in Northport at 205-759-3939. Patterson Comer Law Firm, the commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Contact PattersonComerLawFirm.com.
3: No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All
1: right, let's dive in. We mentioned it at the top, and we just had a long conversation, obviously, with Rodney Orr about Alabama and LSU, and we're going to be talking about it all week. Let's dive into the uh, Sunday in the NFL because um, really another big, big Sunday for Alabama, and that's the way it always is. But just some of the uh, performances that I'm, I'm going to talk about Um We'll start with Dolphins and Patriots, a heavy dose of Alabama in that game. And uh, Tua had a huge game, 30 of 45, 324 yards, three touchdowns and one interception. He did take two sacks for 12 yards. And on the other end, you've got the dynamic duo of Waddle and Hill. And uh, the Cheetah is is phenomenal. But yesterday, Waddle had a little better day. They both had big days. Uh, Jalen, seven catches for 121 yards. And a touchdown. Hill, eight of um, catches for 112 yards, and a touchdown. A lot of people may not know. We talk about it from time to time. But Tyree Hill started his career at Kansas State, <clears throat> but finished it up at the University of West Alabama in Livingston. How about that? One of the best players uh, in the NFL uh, played just down the road at the uh, University of West Alabama there in Livingston. But Jalen Waddell, a big day. Um, Tua, a big day in the Dolphins 31 17 victory over the uh, New England Patriots. Mac Jones, I thought he played okay. He didn't play great. Um, he did have a couple touchdown passes, nineteen to twenty nine, one sixty one. Had uh, one really bad interception when the Patriots were driving, and um, you know Jalen Ramsey's one of the best corners in the league for a reason, and he came off as man as uh, Max saw the receiver streaking down the sideline. He looked open. And he would have been open, but Ramsey came off his man because he saw where Matt was going with the ball and he got the interception and returned it for 49 yards. And that really was a costly, uh, costly interception for Mac. But again, they're, they're challenged a little bit on offense, but um, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Anthony Jennings had a fumble recovery in that game too. Uh, And... Really, uh, a guy that's having a really good year up front on defense for the Patriots is Kristen Barmore. Five total tackles, three solo, a sack, and a tackle for loss, which is uh, big numbers for a defensive interior, defensive lineman. Of course, Raquan Davis, uh, big defensive lineman for the Dolphins there uh, out of Alabama in that game as well. All right, let's get to uh, the Eagles and the Commanders. Another game with a heavy dose of, of Alabama action in that one. And much like Tua and Waddle, uh, Jalen Hurts, and, and uh, Devontae Smith had big games. Hurts, 29 of 38, 319, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Devontae Smith, seven catches for 99 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Brown is on a heater. Uh, he had eight catches for 130 yards. He becomes the first wide receiver in the history of the National Football League to have eight straight games of 125 yards or more in receptions, and he had two touchdowns. And how about Julio? Julio Jones is back at 34. And he caught a touchdown from Jalen Hurts. Jalen talked about it afterwards. Yeah, he never dreamed he'd be throwing a touchdown pass to, to Julio Jones. But uh, Julio Jones, you know, you can call it chasing a ring. You can say whatever you want to say about it. But he's wanting to play more football, and he's wanting to play for a good team. And he is wanting to play for a team that has a chance to win the Super Bowl. And I don't blame him. And uh, But he can still help you. And that was not only was a touchdown catch, but it was – Two defenders uh, you know, crashing in on him, and Jalen made a good throw, and he made a great cut catch to hang on to the football after he took a big hit. Justin, you got something? Oh, okay. I <laughs> saw so you grab that mic. I thought you were chiming in there. I thought maybe you had something on Julio. But uh, also for the commanders, Brian Robinson, 10 carries for 59 yards, uh, which is a you know good per carry average, 5.9 He also caught two passes for 20 yards, and then um, on defense, let's see: Deron Payne, two tackles, one solo, and Jonathan Allen, one tackle in that game. Uh, Eli Ricks had uh, two tackles for the Eagles. So, um, and of course, you had. Landon Dickerson on the offensive line as we run down uh, Alabama in the NFL. Let's see, other notable performances. Notable performances, easy for me to say yesterday. Uh, What about in the Jags game? As the Jags went into Pittsburgh, a lot of talk about the officiating in that game. And, um, you know, it is what it is. But another nice game for Calvin Ridley. Six catches for 83 yards. And uh, for Pittsburgh... Najee Harris, uh, they were really struggling to run the ball. And he had a, a you know another game where he didn't do much. Seven carries for 13 yards. He did catch five passes for 42 yards, though. He has value as a pass receiver as well. But Steelers really having trouble getting their running game going. And, of course, Bryce Young gets his first win. As a NFL quarterback, a little bit bittersweet for me because the team they beat, the Texans, is coached by D'Amico Ryans and has a strong Bama flavor as well. But Bryce Young went uh, led his team on an 86-yard drive there at the end of the game to get a chip shot field goal to beat the Texans 15-13. to And... He went 22-31 of 31 for 235, touchdown, no interceptions, and outplayed C.J. Stroud, the quarterback that was taken behind him at number two overall. Stroud, 16-24, of 24, 140 yards, no interceptions, no touchdowns. So good to see Bryce get a win, and um, he's going to be a really, really good quarterback. And that drive that he led there at the end of the game was reminiscent of some of the drives he's had here, whether it be against uh, Texas last year or, or Auburn two years ago. I mean, they were down thirteen to twelve, and he took them. Like I said, fifteen plays, eighty-six yards, ran the clock down to to literally the final second, kicked the field goal and won the game. So disappointed for the Texans because I really think D'Amico Ryan's has done a great job. They're three and four, but every game that they've lost, I mean, they could have, they could have easily, um, you know, be five and two or maybe even six and one. I mean, outside of, um, and you know, and they started Oh, and two. So, um, but they lost a, uh, two point game to the Falcons that they could have won. And they lost a two point game to the Panthers that they, they could have won. So, I mean, they could easily be five and two, but three and four is not bad for a team last year. That was, was horrible. So D'Amico Ryan's continues to do a really, really good job. And on, um, uh, The side of the uh, Texans, uh, John Mechie did not catch a pass in that game. uh, But defensively, let's see what we had here. Will Anderson Jr. had uh, three total tackles, two solo, and a tackle for loss in the game. Henry Toa Toa had three total tackles, one solo. Don't see a Christian Harris play, but didn't record a stat. So, um, but another, and of course, Bradley Bozeman is the starting center for the Panthers, snapping the ball to to Bryce Young. So always, and I'm sure you know, there's some that I'm I'm leaving out, but to always a strong strong Alabama presence. Yeah, and I want to I want to mention mention uh, Jerry Judy because he's been in the news lately after former NFL wide receiver Steve. Smith called him just another guy, a jag, criticized him, and uh, that became a big haw. But he came back yesterday and had the best game he's had this season. Just two catches, but 50 yards and his first touchdown of the year for the Broncos. As the Broncos shocked the Chiefs 24-9 in that game. And, of course, Kareem Jackson, the 13-year safety for the Broncos, sitting out for suspension, for a new Eagle hit last week, and he's one of their leaders on defense. But, of course, Pat Sertain is one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He had three solo tackles in that game and also a pass breakup. And um, the Broncos got a huge win with a big impact from a couple of Bama guys in that game. Let's see, who else do we have that... Um, Really, really flashed. Uh, Let's see. One more that I want to check, and uh, that's Amari Cooper, who had another good game for the Browns. Six catches, and uh, for 89 yards to lead them in receiving, did not have a touchdown in the game, but uh, the Browns lost a tough one at Seattle. Seattle scored late to win that one. 24 to 20. Still the Browns are four and three on the season. So that's check Bama in the NFL and always fun. And of course, a game tonight that will have um, a strong Bama flavor as the Lions play the Raiders and uh, you're going to have... Gibbs and Jameson Williams for the Lions there. Of course, Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. So we'll look forward to that one tonight on Monday Night Football. All right, it's ten fifteen here on the Gary Harris Show. And uh, a reminder that T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery University Mall is where you need to shop for all your menswear and also, of course, for incredible one-of-a-kind Alabama football memorabilia. And also every Friday, the uh, Bama Football Trivia Contest. We gave away a signed football by uh, Isaiah Bond this past Friday and uh, to our winner. Uh, we will, I'll be getting in touch with you. I didn't get in touch with you over the weekend, but uh, Noah sent me your information, so I'll be getting in touch with you today. And uh, we'll be ready to give away another great prize this coming Friday from T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Ball. We'll be back with more of the Gary Harris Show. Casey Smith on golf coming up at 10.30. Wide open for phone calls in this next segment, though on the First Domain Condominiums Hotline. 205-342-9904 is the number. We'll be back after this. It's back the Cap Ray and Randy College. For- 2011 Billy's Sports Grill located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa
0: weather.
4: The coldest air so far this season blowing in here, mostly cloudy and breezy, the chance of some scattered light rain. Temperatures falling into the 50s this afternoon. Tonight, cloudy with the low at 44. And tomorrow, gradual clearing, the high 56. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: Where the season never ends. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: 1019. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Phone lines are open on the First and Main Condominiums hotline, 205-342-9904. Remember, First and Main Condominiums, uh, luxury condominiums in beautiful historic downtown Northport, right next to the station, which are beautiful uh, luxury townhomes. So it's a great uh, place to live right down there. Join me. I live there at uh, First and Main, but the station is right there as well. Great, great area. And I uh, would love to have you uh, check it out, both the station and first and main condominiums. All right, back to Alabama LSU. We broke away from that last uh, segment to break down uh, Alabama in the NFL. But this game on uh, Saturday night, as we've already talked about with Rodney Orr, we'll be talking about with different guests all week, is for Alabama, I think, uh, not mathematically, but in reality, if Bama wins on Saturday night, Tide's going to be 6-0 LSU will have two losses. Alabama will have the tiebreaker over them. Ole Miss has got one loss. Alabama will have the tiebreaker over them. Ole Miss still has to go to Georgia. <clears throat> Alabama has road games uh, at Kentucky and Auburn. They would have to lose both of those games to not make it to Atlanta. So for Alabama, I think if they get the win on Saturday night, uh, they're on their way to Atlanta. That's the way I feel about it. And um, it's, a, it's a huge game. And it is another barometer game for a team that, man, we just – we, we, we're excited, I think, with what Alabama's been able to do. But yet there's still that feeling that this Alabama team is good, but not great. You know what I mean? And how are they going to play on Saturday night against a, an offense that is great? Uh, a team that comes in here with as dynamic an of offense as you're going to find in the country. And we know that last time Alabama faced an LSU offense that was this dynamic, they lost the game. In twenty nineteen. Of course that LSU team was a national championship team and this LSU team I don't think is, but um but that Alabama team was loaded too. So I think there's some nerves and and rightfully so. That's what big games bring. Big games bring nerves for fans. Excitement but nervous energy too. All right, let's jump out on the first and main condos hotline and welcome Roland in from over in beautiful Gunnersville. Hey Roland, what's up, man?
9: Hey Gary, how you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Um you know, I, I don't trust Alabama's offense still. I mean, they can be good, and but it seems like they still don't do things. You you watch TV on Saturday and see some of these other teams do it. It seems like when like Jalen goes back to Pice, he never checks down to the uh, little guy, you know, the, the safety check, the guy that's two or three yards, flying a screen of scrimmage, or, 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 you know, a slacker screen, nothing like that. We, we don't do nothing like that. And I agree with Rodney. We got he has got to run a ball. I mean, that's what we heard. That's what we was told that Jalen was going to be a difference in running. And so far, South Tennessee game, I thought that was good. But still, uh, you watch JT Daniels and he—he he gets back there, passing, and gets flushed out, and he'll gain twenty yards, thirty yards. I've seen him do that a bunch of times this year. And for whatever reason, it seems like Jalen just don't do that he'll take the sack or or you know whatever it may be and you know he's gotta he's gotta get i mean i don't understand why you don't get rid of the ball there's times i've seen that he could get rid of the ball and save a uh sack and yeah rolling out face.
1: listen i i hear you and i'm with you um and i and i think there's things you need but but it seems like And I'm not saying this specifically about you, but it seems people always want to focus on what he doesn't do. What about what he's done? What about what he does do? What about the deep balls that he's hit? And what about the times that he has run? And what about the clutch passes he's made on third and long? I mean, I'm not saying that you're wrong. But it just seems like every time somebody calls in about Jalen Milrow, it's what, what he doesn't do. What about what he's done? You know, he he's led this team to five and zero record in the SEC and on the cusp of possibly playing for an SEC championship. So I'm I'm not diminishing what you're saying, but he does a lot of good things too, doesn't he? I mean, doesn't he, he do some? He does. But you know,
9: then a little check check down. He's got a you know check down and still taking a loss. He's got to check down to the guys out. You know, two or three yards across the line or something, or throw the ball away, throw it out of bounds, you know. Well, they're working on that
1: with him. And there are times that I agree with you, and there are other times, man. Listen. Uh, he ain't the only quarterback. When somebody comes off the edge and they don't get blocked, <laughs> let me tell you something. It, it is easy to throw the ball away as you think it is. I mean, it, when a guy comes off the edge at that speed and he's not slowed down, sometimes you don't have a chance to throw the ball away. Sometimes you just got to take the hit. And I'm not saying that's that's the case all the time, but there have been times when he didn't have a chance to throw it away. And so it. it, it I agree with you. There's things he can improve on. I look back at where he was, though, with his lack of experience and where he's come from the start of the season until now, and I'm very pleased with the progress that he's made and the leadership that he's thrown and, and ability, no, he his,
9: the ability he's, he's... He, he throws a long pass as good as anybody. right? You know. But uh, that's that uh, 10, 15-yard pass he needs to improve on and all that. But I want to ask you another question, sure. Gary. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I like pro football, too. And uh, when it comes to networks like uh, the affiliate CBS affiliate or whatever in Huntsville and Birmingham, or the Fox affiliate. Right. Uh, uh, do they not have the right to choose the games they want to? You know that's reason I asked. Reason I asked. I, I live in Gunnersville, right, and we get the Huntsville market. And I used to live in Guess and We got the Birmingham right. market, and the Birmingham showed different games than Huntsville. I mean, my I with my brother a couple weeks ago, and he had Miami on against somebody, which I was wanting to see. And yet we're getting some game that I had no interest in, yeah right.
1: yeah, it so works this, they do work, those markets work uh in th- with the network, a lot of times, what happens is the network has a region, and they decide that that um. This particular region is going to get like in Huntsville. I'm sure you get a heavy dose of the Titans. I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, we
9: get Titans every
1: week. Yeah, and in Birmingham, you know, you used to get the Falcons, uh, but now, you know, um, they vary at some. So, yeah, I do think the local station has some say. So, but it is based a lot on geography, uh, geography too, in these regional these regions. That's what they call them regional telecasts. But oh, I
9: know, I know, when I live in Gaston, the uh, thank you was uh, probably. Uh, CBS or NBC won, uh they will let you vote through the week on what yeah I remember
1: that they sure would on what game you wanted to see so um, and, you
9: know I just think they need to be more in tune with what what the fans want to see in the area because me being an Alabama fan I want to see especially when you got a, a lot of Alabama players playing and two up against Jalen or or whatever I want to see that game
1: I got you, know? you yeah yeah well that's a great point and I you know I, I would tell you this um if you're in the Huntsville market now, and, you know, you can call, I guess it would be um, 19 is the CBS, and uh, who's the Fox up there in Huntsville, Rowan? Uh, I forgot. Okay, well, anyway, you could call them, you know, I, I certainly would. I would call them if there was a game I wanted to see, uh, whether it's CBS or Fox, I would call them and say, hey, I just want to put my, you know, I want to tell you I'd like to see. I know we get a, you know, big dose of Titans here, but I'd like to see this game or on the other network, you know, uh, Fox usually has the NFC games, not always, but usually. And uh, you know, just put a vote in for what you want to see, and maybe you can get your oh, yes. get your voice we had, heard. We
9: had, the char- we had the Chargers and somebody else, and I, I had no interest in the Chargers. Right. and, You know, somebody else. So, I mean, I just think hey, that keep they this will be in more mind. Term. Keep
1: this in mind too, Roland. Is I don't know how far you are from. Uh, you know, a, a sports bar or something, but a lot of times yeah. you can find one of those places that has the Sunday ticket, you know, and you can you yeah. can go and, and get whatever game you want. So keep that in mind.
9: Okay, Gary, I appreciate
1: it. Thanks, Roland. Good to hear from you as always, my friend. All right, let's uh, get to Alf here before we have to get to the break. Hey, Alf, what's up?
3: Man, what's going on, buddy?
1: Good to hear from you, man.
3: Hey, uh, you know, something you and I hold dear to our hearts is uh, pro wrestling, especially
2: in the 70s
1: and 80s. Yep. That's my, that's uh, my, yeah, into, into, I probably, through late 70s, through the 80s, into the probably mid-90s, and, and I, I don't know, now I've got to disconnect with it, but yeah, well, when you're talking about particularly 80s, 80s wrestling, yeah, absolutely.
3: Right, and you know, we, you and I, you know, we think that that's the greatest wrestling flair, and Sting, and Dusty, and all those guys, we think that's the best era of wrestling, but I turned on the wrestling the other day, and these guys are doing crazy stuff. Oh, I know. I mean.
1: I know athletically. You know, Craig, yeah,
3: athletically, it's just all. Tr- and and I say that to say, you know, like Nolan was talking. About, you know, we, we think back about some of these old quarterbacks, and we think about how wonderful they were. But we were griping them too. You know, you're right. Jalen has come such a long way uh, in just this year, or especially since last year. Uh, he's such a better quarterback, and there's so many more things that he's doing right than he's doing wrong. And I I. As fan base and coach said this that uh, on a Thursday night you know get off their back they're you know these are 18 19 20 year old kids and they're doing the very best they could and if there was anybody else better than him we'd be playing him but he is uh, Jalen's the Jalen's doing a pretty good job of uh, he's, he's picking up that mid-range pass now that um, the post pattern and the crossing pattern is about 15 20 yards he wasn't doing that in the first game and, uh, well, he, he threw a pick the first game when he, when he tried against Texas. Uh, and he's doing a lot better job. And I'm glad that you are, uh, championing that because, you know, he, he's, he's doing pretty good. And if he ends up winning the, F, the SEC, can you imagine if, if, if we can actually get to the game and beat Georgia where we were against when we left the stadium versus Texas? And and now, you know, uh, we, we, we've we done a, a lot better job The Galen has and the offensive line has. If we can just get that running game going a little bit more consistently, I think we're going to be a team that people don't want to play.
1: Well, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think that uh, this team, to be where it's at right now, I think that's probably what, is, as fans, uh, you know, we need to remind ourselves of you know seriously alf is that after that south florida game <laughs> with where this team oh. looked like it was at at that time and to get to this point i think most fans not all there's some that think alabama's never going to lose a game i get that but i think most fans what? that looked at it objectively would have said this team will not be 7 and 1 and 5 and 0 in the sec heading into the bye i just don't think many people that objectively looked at it looked at that team and said that's where they're going to be so for that team right. to have done what it's done, it's pretty impressive to me. Now, you listen, right. have they finished the drill? Absolutely not. But I, yeah. said, I said all along, I think this team will play its best football come November. The key is to make November matter. Well, it's going to be November here in a couple of days. And that's November right. matters, up. and Alabama's right in position right. to win the SEC West and get to Atlanta. Yeah. I think that's pretty Can impressive.
3: Can I ask you one more quick question? Sure, yeah. Uh, you, we're, we're what number eight right now, I think. In those the polls, you take a look at the other seven on a neutral field. How many of those do you think would be in, would be favored in front of us, uh, favored over us, or would we be favored? I, I I think I think we would be favored at least uh, by five or six of those teams. We would be favored over.
1: Wow, that's a great question. I mean, that is a really great question. I think the the new AP poll is going to come out later. Um, this this morning. Um I think I think Georgia would be favored over Alabama. Um I think Michigan would be favored over Alabama. I'm geez. Right now I, I know what you're saying because Alabama we're so used to Alabama being favored. I think though right now on a neutral field, I don't know that I agree with you. I think Georgia would be favored over Alabama. I think Michigan would be favored over Alabama. Uh um, Ohio State Ohio State would be close. Um Florida pick up Florida State, though I wouldn't have them over us. Alabama would be favored over Washington. I'm confident on that. Um, right. Florida State, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a great question and one probably that I have to put a little more thought in. But right off the cuff, I would say Georgia and Michigan would definitely be favored over Alabama, Ohio State and Florida. I don't know, and Alabama would be favored over Washington. I'm pretty sure about that. And I think, and I still believe it or not, I think Alabama would be favored over Texas if it were on a neutral field. I
3: think they would. Be, Oregon I think too. Uh, Of those seven teams, I think there's only two teams that would be favored over us, and that should tell you where we really are.
1: Okay. Good point. Great show, man. Thanks, Alf. Good to hear from you. All right, it's 10.33. We'll get to the break, and we'll come back with Casey Smith on golf next right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC.
0: Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well, the Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: 1035 welcome back into the gary harris show and it's time for casey smith on golf when you hear that familiar music you know we're going to talk about the uh the little white ball we talk about um, pga tour golf lpga tour golf live golf college golf Uh, we cover it every week with casey and uh, always excited to have him on good morning uh casey how are you I'm
10: doing good, Gary. Hope
1: you're well. Let's start out with, uh, thank you, I A.M., let's start out with college golf this week because uh, you and I both, I think, are excited about what this Alabama team's potential is for the spring, and um, they've had a really good fall, and of course, obviously, Nick Dunlap is is the standout, but I don't even think he played in this tournament, did he? And uh, they won the uh, Stillwood Collegiate Championship. Now, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember seeing his name on the, on the, in the in the box of the different scores, but huge win for Alabama, regardless.
10: Yeah, I mean, what's probably the most impressive is he did not play, and I figured that might happen uh, at some point. Given just had to be jet lagged I mean, yeah. and tired, right? From given all that he's done, I mean, look, North South Amateur Champ, Northeast Amateur Champ, U.S. Amateur Champ, SEC Match Play, Hanson's Intercollegiate World Amateur Champ, all in a matter of you know a couple months, so. He, uh, I think, coming back from Abu Dhabi, I read where he needed to rest, just hit the wall. So he took that off, and for them to win, it tells you how deep the team is, Uh, you know, relative to what's going on in college golf, because college golf is as strong as it's ever been. And Cannon Claycomb, his score did not count yesterday. Now, he had a great, still had a good couple of rounds, but uh, his score didn't even count how good the team really played in general. So Coach Sewell's got to be, very pleased with how the, the you know fall season ended. One of the deeper teams in college golf, one of the better teams in college golf. Back to back wins, and uh, they won by eight shots. Mm-hmm, sure did. Yeah. So uh, you know they they tee it up again now. They take a break until February to tee it up at Waterstown Invitational, hosted by Florida State. But this is the top five team, given their fall resume and winning that without Nick Dunlap, which is arguably the best player in college golf. So uh, exciting times for Alabama men's golf yeah it
1: really is because i think that uh you know when coach sewell got here he raised the profile of the program and then of course uh won one one back-to-back national championships and played for three in a row then played for another one um, you know just a few years ago but in the last you know couple three years uh, i'm not gonna say it's been a struggle but the program has not been at the level that we had grown accustomed to it being. And that's a challenge for any coach. But clearly, uh, when you sign a guy like Nick Dunlap, and, um, you know, that's always big. But what we're seeing now is a team that should, if all goes to plan, have a chance to compete for a, a, a national championship in the spring. Would you agree with that?
10: I would 100% agree with that. And yeah, I mean, you know, I read this thing the other day is about teams who have won two national titles, and it's a very select few. And, there's only a few that have won three and more. I mean, it's very top heavy at the top from, if you look historically and some of it were really before the times changed when you had Oklahoma state and Florida and Houston or Oklahoma state and Houston have won a lot. And then Florida's won like three. So Alabama's has turned into a powerhouse golf program and opening soon is the best facility in all of golf practice facility anywhere. It's not going to be just, just for college. I mean, Literally, this will be the best facility anywhere in the country as it relates to, to golf and getting better. And so, I think you're just going to continue to see this program uh, really strong and being able to recruit because all golfers want that want what they're going to have. Uh, I'm really excited to that to see what when it opens, and I think they've been recruiting with that. But I, I think you know this year will also help. Uh, they've got a lot of talent and very deep and that's what it takes in college golf and so i think uh i think that you know they're as good as anyone it's theirs sort of the theirs to lose
1: casey smith on golf with us talking a little bit of, of college golf with alabama now let's get to the the pga tour and uh, i know you and i are looking forward to this coming year kind of getting back on a on a regular schedule but after a week off they're going to uh, get going again this week i think it's uh is it in Mexico this week, Casey? The, the stop.
10: We're, we're in Mexico this week. The PGA Tour is Bermuda next week, and Seattle in the week after. So three weeks to end the year. Three really, you know, magical places. Uh, n- nice to be a PGA Tour player. And we have Lee Hodges at 40th on the FedEx Cup standing 62nd. Uh, Davis Riley, 62nd. JT, 72nd. Robbie Shelton, 80th. Pat Gazire is. 130 and Trey 135 and it's really important to know those two numbers those guys and these next three events need to try to get inside the top 125 to have full card status if they don't um you know they'll have to rely on other exemptions which Trey Trey's exemption is a two-year winner from last year and I think Patton's got a couple that he can burn if needed they would still have a card it just would be not as full if you're in the top 125 so Hopefully, that's something to watch, and both of those guys can slide in the 125. You got Q School going on as well for a lot of the other guys. So, a lot of still fall golf live is done for the year. And uh, the Champions Tour, we have Dickie Pride in 18th place in the Schwab Cup. Uh, The Champions Tour is ending their season one final event. So, he's had a really, really strong year.
1: Yeah, he has. These last three events, do you know – you had had any chance to check on what what JT might be planning on doing over these last three events? Is he playing Mexico this this week?
10: And not. It's all you know. It's all been a TBD. So uh, nothing really final about it. We know he's playing in the Father Son and the Hero is the only two two things he's committed to, which are back to back Tigers events. The Hero and then the Father Son with his dad, which they've won before, and so that's after these three events into November, early December. But that's that's all that's out there for him so far I would you know I, I sort of now think he's probably shocked that he plays I, I hope he plays and I, I would play if I were him at least one but no commitment yet
1: okay um latest uh update any if any on on PGA and Liv you said last week you expect this coming year to kind of be very similar to what we saw this this past year uh, any updates there
10: yeah, I think that's it for now. They're, they're trying to now, they've gotten this timeline probably extended of them doing, uh, trying to work this framework agreement out. And the only update is the PGA Tour turned down private equity, U.S. private equity dollars this past week, which leads you to believe that they're going to get a deal done with the PIF and the Saudis for whatever that's going to look like.
1: Casey, um, with a little bit of time now in the rearview mirror with, with this, I know at, 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 you've got a much more golf knowledge than I do, but it, I still am not a fan of Liv. But uh, do you still feel like big picture that this has been good for the game of golf?
10: Well, I mean, I don't know. I think it's probably worked out some getting some you know more people opportunity to play. I think that's probably about the one thing. Uh, initially, probably not. I think long term, probably so. Uh, It'll probably make it better, better influx of cash, better product in play. So uh, that would be my, you know, still to be determined, right? Yeah. There's been so many moving parts.
1: I, I have talked to you a lot about the money, and you see it more from the golfer side, and I guess I see it more from the sportscaster fan side. And I have, we haven't argued, but I have said to you that I think it's good That and listen, you know, I've never made any money, so I guess it's easy for me to say this, but that I think it's good sometimes for young professional golfers to have to struggle—not not not necessarily uh, can't put food on the plate, but have to earn your way. And I guess that's what I fear now is you—you see it with the top collegiate golfers that this—if you have guaranteed money right off the off the bat, I understand you're still going to want to win, you're still going to make a name for yourself, but I don't know that. I like the fact that in the past, you know, there's been qualifying. There's been, you know, you didn't just get out on tour and you're financially set for life just because you made it on the tour. You had to, you had had to, earn it. And I'm not sure that's going to be the case anymore. I think most of these guys that get on the PGA Tour are going to be set for life financially from the time they get there. And you tell me if I'm wrong. And I just don't know from the competitive balance nature of the game of golf that that's a good thing.
10: Yeah, I I agree with where you're at. I think the struggle, the, the issue is, Relative to what some of the people are making, you know, Jay Monahan making fifteen, sixteen million dollars, uh, it doesn't really make sense when you got guys. No, it doesn't. That are going into- I agree
1: with you a hundred percent. There, it sure doesn't.
10: When, when you got guys that are making, that are going into debt, and I understand you got to have some risk, and you got to bet on yourself, and some of that what you described is incredible, and what makes the sto- make the stories better, and and the perseverance part. But you got guys that are really good, really talented people. Going into debt up to their eyeballs, chasing their dream when you have, you know, top heavy salaries that that don't really have you know, they're making crazy decisions and keeping their job and even making more money. So the balance of that is why I sort of support they should and they really hopefully they're gonna take this money and investment and seed more of golf. And that's that's the even from what I read that that the yachts with the Saudis wants to do, wants to, you know, really get the money downstream because they recognize, you know, you've got these guys that go out there and decide that their career's over and they come out with, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, starting now a career in business. And it's just a uh, no win for them. And they've been, you know, part of trying to prop up the entertainment portion of the PGA tour. Um, so, you know, I see both sides of it. And I definitely see where your head's at and agree with you to an extent for sure.
1: All right Casey we're, we're we're wrapping it up. I'm excited about 2024 and kind of seeing where uh, where all this goes and, and uh, one final question. Do you think by 2025 that PGA and LIV will be tied in together and will be back to to one tour or do you think that it, it now with what's happened with the PGA Tour that it's that you're going to be two separate tours going forward after this year?
10: I think there will. it means too much to both for a deal not to get done. I think that's really where I'm at, and I think the reason why the PGA Tour has kept some of the private equity firms around, and they're still entertaining some private equity from the United States, but as their partner, I think the reason why the PIF and Saudis make sense to get a deal done is their assets that they own are still a lot of some of your best players that move the needle on a weekly basis, and... And the PGA Tour needs the cash to make the product better and needs the cash either way because they spent cash b- battling them. So I think they are the ideal partner and uh, for them. And it, I just think they have to get a deal done on both sides.
1: Great stuff, man. Appreciate you.
10: Thanks, Gary. Have
1: a great week. All right, Casey Smith on golf. It's 1048 here on the Gary Harris Show, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, ready for you whenever you're ready for the Y. It's just that simple. 2313th Street downtown. If you go by and visit them and you take a look at the facility, you meet some of the people, I think you're going to join me in saying that the Y is a great place to work out and to build friendships and relationships as well. So get by and see him at the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, 2313th Street downtown, 205-345-9622 or ymcatuscaloosa.org. We'll be back with the final segment of the Gary Harris Show. We got time for phone calls in this final segment though, 205-342-9904. If you want to give us a ring on the First to Main Condos hotline, we're back after this with taco casa you know it's on golf course is an 18 hole championship layout designed by 1976 u.s open champion jerry pate director of golf john gray and fitting specialist bob montgomery or pga certified mike shivitz is the head professional and director of the tuscaloosa junior golf program call today to secure a tee time at the tuscaloosa championship golf course everyone can play 205-562-3201 Tide 100.9,
4: Tuscaloosa weather. The coldest air so far this season blowing in here. Mostly cloudy and breezy. The chance of some scattered light rain. Temperatures falling into the 50s this afternoon. Tonight, cloudy with a low at 44. And tomorrow, gradual clearing the high 56. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 62 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Hot.
0: Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Tide 100.9. and. Streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 1052.
1: We're back here for the final segment of the Gary Harris show. Miller's Edge with uh, Pastor Payne, Corey Miller, and former Alabama outside linebacker, Christian Miller, coming up at 11 a.m. following my show. Good show this morning. And uh, always enjoy visiting with Casey Smith as... Uh, golf season is winding down, but we'll be getting ready for a new year of golf. Because it just kind of rolls right in, you know, with this three more tournaments left, and then it's the holidays, and you're back into the new year, and it's going to be interested to see where all this heads in 2024 with, with PGA Tour and live. And I do agree with um, Casey 100% on Jay Moynihan. He doesn't need to be making $15 million a year. That's ridiculous. Um, But... Hey, you know, if you can get it, get it. Like, so, oh, I don't blame him for taking it. I just don't think it's, <laughs> I think it's a little, a little out of whack. But um, back to Alabama and to LSU, and good calls this morning on the game. Good conversation with Rodney Orr again about Jalen Milrow. Um, you know, when Roland called earlier, I, I don't disagree with Roland at all, and that Jalen needs to continue to improve. But he has improved, and he's gotten better, and. Um, you know, I'm very, very, from my perspective, my seed, I'm very pleased with what I've seen from Jalen Milroe to go back to the questions that were surrounding him and this offense and after the the Texas game and then the South Florida game. I don't know that there were a lot of people that thought Jalen Milrow would make it as the quarterback at Alabama and this team would would win these five games that, it, that it's won and to be in this position. And I just think he deserves credit for that. And um, can he play better? Sure, you know. Does he need to be more consistent? Absolutely. But when you look at winning games against teams like Ole Miss and A&M and College Station in Tennessee, you know, if you don't get good quarterback play, you're not winning those games. And he's made plays in all of those games. He's made plays. You look back at, at Ole Miss, A&M, and Tennessee, and without Jalen Milrow making some big plays in those games, Alabama did not win those games. Let me just be honest with you. And the season's completely different. You know, we're not I'm not asking you whether or not you're excited about game day coming. I'm not asking you about um, you know, Alabama winning to get to the SEC championship game. You don't win those games, and listen, they could have gone either way. I wouldn't like these were blowout games. And Jalen Milrow made plays in those games. You know, even in the Arkansas game, which got much more hairy than it should have. In fact, it it turned out to be the the closest game of any of them on the scoreboard, <laughs> three points. But, um, you know, you drop that game to Ole Miss, you drop that game to AM, and you drop that game to Tennessee, or if you just drop two of those games, even really one of them, the conversation is completely different. So for Alabama to get to this point, the quarterback deserves a lot of credit, and I'm going to give it to him. Now, I know, as I've said before, I think that there are some for whatever reasons, I'm not going to dive into the reasons. I just think that there are some fans that just aren't going to warm up to Jalen Milrow regardless. And I don't understand that, but there are some people I think that just got it in their head that he can't play quarterback. And as I've said too before, we're in an era with social media and I get it. I like to be right too. I'm not going to lie to you. Justin, you don't like to be wrong. I don't like to be wrong. But I think there are some people who would rather be right <laughs> than have Alabama be good. And if they've made a statement in regards to Jalen Milrow or anybody else, they want to be right. And if they've said, for the record, that they don't think Jalen Milrow is a good quarterback and can play quarterback and lead Alabama they're 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 torn between wanting Alabama to win and wanting to be proven right. I don't get that, but at the same time, we'll see what happens. I, you, you probably can tell by the tone of my conversation this morning. I'm not sure if Alabama's going to win this game. I'm not. I'm not sure at all. You know, LSU. They've been a you know they've been a thorn in Alabama's side at times. You know, 2019, last year. So we'll see. But I am happy and pleased that Alabama is in this position. All right, that's going to wrap it up for the show. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law. As I said, Miller's Edge coming up next at 11 a.m. Then it's uh, big noon sports with Matt and Lars, noon until 2. Then Fowler will take you home with the game from 2 until 6. We'll crank you back up in the morning with uh, Martin Houston, 6 a.m. Wimpenberry, 7 and 9 inside the locker room and I'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. for another edition of the Gary Harris Show. For Justin Jones and Noah Haynes, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, everybody. The weather's about to get cooler. Talk to you in morning
0: thank you for listening to the gary harris show on your home for alabama sports Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app